welcome back to Let's Talk Physical Media. My name is John. Faith will be with me for the this or that portion of the show and for some of the Q&A portion of the show. But we like to start the show off every single week with the news. And it was a pretty slow week on news. We got some confirmation from some Shout Factory releases like we talked about last week. Darkman is coming to 4K in February. We got our final look at what the box art is going to look like. And the Steelbook that's coming out, the limited edition Steelbook, is really nice. I'm on the fence about, do I want the slipcover version or the Steelbook version? Now, I really like it when the Steelbook has a nice black base to it, and this one really does. And I also love the combination of yellow and blue, and that's on the slipcover as well. But the Steelbook, it really does catch your eye, so I might end up grabbing that, but I'm still on the fence about it. We also got confirmation that Willy's Wonderland will be coming to 4K in February as well. Also with a pretty nice looking steelbook. This one stars Nicolas Cage. And it was Five Nights at Freddy's before Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a very similar premise to that. And in my opinion, I think Willy's Wonderland is a better film overall. And obviously you get Nick Cage in there. He doesn't really talk too much in the movie. Actually, I don't think he talks at all, but it's still Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage things. I actually just saw Dream Scenario last week starring Nicolas Cage. And he gives a great performance in it. And I don't know if you guys heard, he did an interview this week. And he said that he's got about three or four movies in him. And then he's kind of moving on to like prestige TV shows. Which for the film fan, you hear this a lot lately. Is that a lot of actors feel like the better stories are on TV now. Especially with the rise of these limited series where we get like six to eight episodes. And then that's it for the entire show. Really gives you a lot more time to like flesh out characters. So I understand why that it's attracting actors more. Especially big name actors who... Back in the 90s and even through the 2000s would never go near TV. It would always seem like a downgrade to them. But now it's starting to become more popular than film, these limited series. So I'm not surprised that Nicolas Cage is doing that. But I do love seeing Nicolas Cage in film. I always feel like he's never phoning it in. I'll be a little bit upset when we don't get some new Nicolas Cage movies. So I might have to check out those limited series when he eventually does end up over there we also got an announcement that tenacious d the pick of destiny is going to be coming to blu-ray from them i would have liked a 4k release but i understand why it's coming to blu-ray i guess this isn't as popular as a film as it was when it first came out but this movie was pretty damn big at the time it even has meatloaf in it and i always enjoyed this movie it's not one of my favorites but you know jack black i guess they bring some sort of energy mainly jack black jack black is always bringing it 110 percent he's overly energetic and everything he's in and you know he's got that gear in him he always seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of guy and I like Tenacious D. It's not one of my favorites, so I don't know if I'll be grabbing it on day one. But for people who are big fans of that movie, it is coming out in February to Blu-ray. And that is really it as far as announcements of movies that are going to be coming to 4K Blu-ray. But The Abyss actually was in theaters this past week for one day only. I wasn't able to see it myself. It's this brand new 4K scan that we're going to be getting on digital December 12th, this upcoming week. And when we get it on 4K on March 12th, along with Aliens and True Lies. But that scan was just released in theaters for one day only this past Wednesday. I, unfortunately, was not able to see it. The closest theater to me playing it was in New York City, which is about an hour and a half to two hours away from where I live on Long Island. No Long Island theater for some reason, at least in my area was playing it, so I was not able to see that in theaters, but a fan of the channel, a subscriber, Rogue1677, did actually go out to the theaters and check it out, and he told me that the scan was really, really well done. I think his review of it was a 4 out of 5. He said everything was pretty much great. He said the Atmos track, now that was really, really, really impressive. So it sounds like we got a really good scan out of this. So for people who are going to be picking it up on digital next week, it sounds like you'll be very happy. I'm going to be waiting till March because as a physical media collector, I don't want to spoil it for me. I want to see it physically, and that will be my first experience with it. If I could have got to see it in theaters, I would have. But unfortunately, I just 
Ugh, it wasn't playing near me. It really disappointed me because I love The Abyss. It's actually one of my favorite James Cameron movies, so I'm really looking forward to this 4K. So when Rogue One told me that this movie looked great, you know, we were very worried about it after what happened with T2 and the DNR. We were afraid he was going to do that again, but... Eh, you know what? I guess that's probably just a one-time deal, mainly because Titanic came to 4K this past week, and Titanic looked gorgeous on 4K. Really no DNR on that as well. So it looks like James Cameron has learned his lesson, and from what I heard, the reason why T2 did look like that is because it came from a 3D scan that they just kind of messed up the settings when they were porting it over to the disc. So that's why there's a rumor that we're going to get a brand new T2 scan in 2024 as well, along with T1. That rumor's been going around for a while, and let's pray that really does happen because I absolutely love the Terminator films. They're my favorite James Cameron movies, and I would just love them to be in beautiful 4K along with The Abyss, Aliens, and True Lies, and we got Titanic, and thankfully that turned out to be a great scan as well. Also, with a fantastic Atmos track. And then before I went live, this might not be the price right now, but it was the price before I went live. I was talking to another subscriber, Rico Gomez, and he told me that Amazon is now pricing the, the Conan Chronicles. This is the two films that came out in the 80s starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. You, you get Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. You know, these aren't the most popular Arnold Schwarzenegger films, but they probably are the ones along with the Terminator that put him on the map as a big-time actor. And I'm really looking forward to them coming to 4K from Arrow Video, but they originally were priced at $66 US, and Best Buy put them up for about $42.99 about a month ago, or maybe a little bit less, and I pre-ordered it through there. I figured it was a mistake, and they would change it at some point, but they really haven't, but you can still get it at $42.99 on Best Buy's website. But Amazon is now pricing it at that $42.99 price as well. So their price matching with Best Buy is doing. I don't know if this is a mistake or maybe Arrow Video is just throwing us a bone here. And like, hey, you, we think you guys will like this at this price. But it's weird because the Blu-ray price is still higher, which leads me to believe that it's a mistake. But if it's not a mistake or it is a mistake, make sure you guys get in there and get it now for that price. Because I can't imagine it going any lower than that until there's like an Arrow Video 50% off sale. Because that is crazy low, especially for a day one release with two 4Ks. That's $20. $21 a movie and it's coming in really nice packaging as well the Conan Chronicles packaging looks beautiful based on the pictures it'll probably look way nicer in person so that's an absolute steal so I just really wanted to make sure that you guys knew that that was available if you guys are a fan of the Conan movies you know like I said not my personal favorite Arnold movies but I am looking forward to revisiting them I probably haven't revisited them in my adult life I think the last time I probably saw them I was around 15 or 16 I don't even remember having a driver's license the last time I saw the Conan movie so I'm really excited to dive back into those in 2024 and we will get those at the end of January the same week we're getting trade spotting on 4k it's January it's a very 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 slow month for 4k releases you know we're coming off of Christmas it's the same thing with movies coming out in theaters you know everybody wants everything out in time for Christmas so we got to have that fall off with January there's only like two or three movies that really caught my eye for January trade spotting blood simple the Conan Chronicles those are the big ones that I want to see. Lone Star. That's the only 4Ks that really caught my eye for January. February is a little bit slow too, but we are getting the Columbia Classics Volume 4 that month. So we'll at least have enough to hold us over for that. But December was just so packed. I guess it's nice to give our wallets a nice little break in January before we get going again in February and March. Because March also has all the James Cameron movies coming to 4K. And we're getting the Rings Trilogy on 4K from Scream Factory that month as well. So... You know, March will be a little bit harder on the wallet, but at least we'll get some time, rebuild the wallet back up before we destroy it and burn it down again. But that's going to do it as far as the news this week, so I'm going to kick it over to me and Faith for this week's Dish of That portion, 
and the Q&A portion of this week's show. There's just going to be certain parts of the episode that will just have me doing questions, and then there will be parts with me and Faith doing questions, just to let you guys know going forward. All right, guys, I found Faith. She's back for this or that, although you said it's uh, not a very uh, this or that kind of question. No, we're not going to do this or that. We're just going to talk about, you know, Christmas traditions and what you prefer. Okay. Kind of. I mean, it was a little bit this or that, but it's more about everybody's Christmas tradition since we're, what, two and a half weeks away or something like that? Yeah. You know, uh, time's going by. Before you know it, Christmas will be here. Comes and comes every single year. I mean, happy Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah just ended. It just started last night. (laughs) Just started? I thought it was... I saw somebody... Somebody on my ex had all their candles lit. I thought you lit one a day. It's one a day. Yeah, and they had all their candles lit. Yeah, well, they're wrong. It's very last night. All right, well, they threw me off. Today's the first day of Hanukkah. Well, well, it's Friday, so... No, today is the first day of Hanukkah. Well, for them, it's the third, because oh, it's Sunday. Oh, yes. But happy third day of Hanukkah, guys. Happy third day. Yeah. yeah. I find it interesting, because I like to learn about different cultures and stuff, so I've been talking to people a bit more about Hanukkah yeah. and their traditions. You know what's crazy stuff. about Hanukkah is that the thing I learned Hanukkah about, the way I learned Hanukkah when I was a kid was uh, from Rugrats. Mm-hmm. They had that Hanukkah Yeah, because no, a lot of people like don't really celebrate Hanukkah, so... Well, Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah. No, but I'm just saying, and they're like a really small. If you really look at it, oh, you mean in the United States, but part of the population. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know. So, I mean, I never looked at the stats, like who celebrates, yeah. like the amount of people celebrate. No, there are August. people, but we're from New York, so we have more of the Jewish community. Here. Yeah, New York is a very mixed state when it comes to, uh, we have all walks of life who live here, and especially if you go to the city, forget mm-hmm. it. You might have people who aren't even from Earth. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, we're going to start with Christmas drinks. Ooh. So I love hot chocolate. I know you're a hot person. a lot of people with the hot apple cider. Hot apple cider's good. Or conquito or eggnog. I prefer eggnog. Conquito is good. That's just eggnog with alcohol in it, right? No, it's a little bit different, but okay. I like eggnog. I'm a big eggnog guy. I like to have... Because you can have just eggnog with alcohol. That's not... Yeah, you put rum in it, right? Or whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just feels like... Because you can't really get drunk off of that because, A, eggnog is all dairy. And I've noticed since I've gotten older that I feel terrible the next day after Mm -hmm. I drink a tall glass of eggnog. That's why you only should take a few sips. Yeah. I mean, you get... Because it tastes like Christmas. It tastes like Christmas in a cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Starbucks has that chestnut praline latte. That if you take a sip of it, it's like, oh, man, it feels like I'm going sleigh riding. Mm. It's great. That's a good one. Yeah. So I, I prefer, I mean, I'm in the middle of hot chocolate apple cider. I uh. like eggnog. Don't get me wrong. And I love conquita, but I don't know. When, I haven't had good conquita in a long time. Ah, gotcha. Um, so then we talk about the main dish. Like I know Thanksgiving, we think about turkey. Turkey. Now, I know a lot of people still do turkey for Christmas. They do, which is weird. And we just watched the Santa Claus last night, and he burnt the turkey. It nah. looked like a Thanksgiving dinner. It did. I yeah. mean, he had a great dinner on the table. I mean, I would have just ate the sides. He now, went all the way to Denny's. Like, <laughs> now, what, would, what meal do you prefer on Christmas? I mean, I don't even think of, like, a meal for Christmas. There's nothing that really pops in my head when I think of Christmas meals. Like, what do you look forward to on Christmas. I don't think of like, I want cookies. I want Christmas cookies. cookies. Yeah, that could be part of it. Like for me, Christmas is more of a dessert holiday. I don't really think of like the hot meal. I'm like, I want some cookies. I want some brownies. I want some cake. I want some eggnog in my belly. I want some coffee with that. I want to wash it all down with all those sweets and sugar. And I want to go into a diabetic coma at the end of the night. That's how I want to do it. Well, because um, we're both Italian at some point. (laughs) We're mixed Italian. Yeah. Um, 
And I love fish, like the fishes. I love, uh, that's what I look forward to. But you don't like the time. best fish. What? Salmon. That is literally the number one fish. So gross. I had it at our wedding. Yeah. And it was great. Well, bad choice. I didn't. I think you read the Horrible, portraits. horrible decision. Uh, yeah. It was like salmon and crust. It was delicious. I would have wished we so could have So good for you. Because yeah. I enjoyed mine. What's so, your yeah. favorite fish then? Well, I don't want I mean, I like catfish. But I don't really have a favorite fish. But I like lobster and crab legs and shrimp. Well, you got expensive taste. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. Lobster is a little. I like shellfish. Lobster is a little overrated for its price, in my opinion. I, you don't really get a lot. It tastes good. Leia. Yeah, lobster is just overrated, in my opinion. It's too overpriced, and you don't really get a lot for it. And it tastes very similar to other fish. I don't know. I think it's a little bit overpriced. Lobster, yes. Crab legs, no. Crab legs. You can get some really good crab legs at the Chinese buffet. Honestly, top shelf. <laughs> I like the mo monster crab legs. They have like pieces that are like this, but oh my god, it's so good. Again, you gotta do all the work for the food. Yeah, that's the one thing. But some people, they do the work for you. Like, oh. there's a lot of people who break it and they do the work and they have this the, the pieces of meat. You know, out of the lobster legs. Well, I'm going to say it again, and I just want to be clear that if it came down to it, when it comes down to any Christmas dinner, I would still prefer Taco Bell over any of it. Wrong. It's not wrong. That's right. an American tradition. <laughs> Awful. How is Taco Bell American <laughs> tradition? Well, it is for me. <laughs> um, now, let's talk about like Christmas activities. What is your favorite thing to do around Christmas time? Christmas act. I well, I think is. you know what it is. I yeah. want to watch Christmas movies. Like, that's all I ever want to do around Christmas time. I get excited. I want to watch as many Christmas movies as, as I can before the season's we over. We saw Santa Claus. I fell asleep. I know you did. We you fall asleep at every movie I put well, on. Well, it night. was also, what, 11 o'clock? Spoiler alert, Tim Allen becomes Santa in the end. <gasps> I don't, I don't, I know. Oh my God. I know. I know, if you can believe oh it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I fell asleep. But we watched that last night. Uh, I mean, we've I, seen Elf this year already. We have. We, we you're not an outdoorsy person, but I've been trying to go to the city. I know. And you haven't taken me. Well, we've had something to do. Because every... I'm a foodie, so I that's you my go... activity. Yes, I do like to go places and eat. I enjoy that as well. And that what they do in the city in the park does look awesome. Bryant I mean, Park, yeah. Bryant Park. That does look really, really, really damn cool. I'm not going to lie. I would love to do that as well. Maybe we'll get to. You know, we just got something to do every weekend this year. Like, this tomorrow we're going... Well, after you guys see this, we're going to Fate's Family, which is way out on the west side of the island. You know, next week, me and Matt, you guys remember Matt. We have our monthly tradition where we're watching all of the wrestling in order from 1996, just going forward, pretending that it's 1996. And, you know, <laughs> again, we're going to celebrate uh, New Year's 1997 this year. So we are going to watch... Uh, <laughs> we're watching the new. We're watching 1996's In Your House. It's time uh, next Saturday, so I have to do that next Saturday night, and then the week after that's the weekend before Christmas. Yeah, it's coming up fast. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Got to get you some gifts. Molly, I already got you your gifts. Merry Christmas, slugger. Uh, anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. I'm just trying right. to get a little bit of a holiday spirit going. I got things to do today, you know. Yeah, we do. We're always. Stuff. I already got my hair cut. Look at that. Five star man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next up on the list, as far as we're going to go into the QA portion of the show, some questions I'll answer on my own, some I'm going to answer with face. But the first thing. I face faith. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the, that's my name. But the first thing we're gonna do is from Lorenzo Harris, Managatiro. Hey, John, just want to see if you could give a quick shout out to my 
Buddy Robert, a 30-plus year physical media collector from Alito, Texas. I recommended him your channel, and he spoke so highly about your channel. We both appreciate your channel all the way from Texas. Well, hey, Robert, thanks for checking out the channel. I really appreciate that, buddy. Uh, it really does mean the world to me that you are a big fan of physical media as well. 30-plus years, that is awesome. That means you must have a pretty damn good collection. And thanks for checking out the channel, man. It really doesn't mean the world to me. Uh, same thing with Lorenzo. I really appreciate you checking out the channel as well. You guys, I, it definitely, definitely means so much to me for you guys to just to look at my channel. And for you guys to even like it, that's an even bigger plus. Thank you guys so much. I hope I'm entertaining you guys. we got Faith here. She likes to provide entertainment as well. And speaking <laughs> of Texas... You know, we're kicking around the idea of uh, moving to Texas, possibly Houston. We're going to look at that early next year. You know, New York is just getting very expensive, and we hear good things. And her sister moved to Texas already. So, yeah. you know, and, and your dad lives in Texas. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're, we definitely have a connection to Texas, and that's one of the areas of the country we are looking at. Nothing is off the table. Though. Me, personally, Alaska doesn't sound too bad either. <laughs> Six months of no sunlight is pretty damn it's awesome. It's not everywhere in Alaska. I want to go to the town that that's oh, happening. Oh, okay. That's the, that's specific the only place you want to live. Okay. I don't like the sun. The only trade-off is then you have, like, I think six months of sunlight. Only. Of only sunlight. Yeah, that'd be a little rough. But I have worked overnight, so I know what that's like. <laughs> but thank you guys. That is awesome. I'm very happy to give you guys a shout-out. Thank you so much for checking out the channel. Definitely appreciate that. And then um, here's our next question. It's from Blu-ray Collector 18, and he wrote, and this is uh, the 17th year of Blu-ray Collector, and he said, What do you want to see get a re-release in theaters, and Why? I know that I want to see the Terminator on the big screen once before I die. I also really want to see the ring. I think that would be a really fun one. I missed that back in 02 when it was in theaters. I would love to see that on the big screen just because I think it would be a lot of fun. You know, a horror movie is always great to see in theaters just because of the sound system. And, the you know, it really does it'll petrify a good a good horror movie. So I would also really yeah, like... Yeah, because I'm thinking like Halloween. Like Halloween's another great one. I figured you yeah. might want to see Clueless on the big screen since you've never seen it on the big screen, right? I don't know if I did. No, right? I don't know if I did because I was young, so yeah. I don't remember if I went to the movies for that. I don't think so, but I'm I've, but I watched it really young, so maybe. Maybe, yeah, it's possible you did. Yeah. But I, I, I did get to see the Matrix on the big screen when they had the new 4K scan and they put it in the Dolby theater. That was awesome. The problem is, is uh, sometimes they re-release stuff and they put them in shitty theaters. Like that's what happened to us with Batman '89. We were really excited to go see this in theater, and they put us in like a. The, Six, smallest, the theater. smallest theater with the worst projector. And this was showing off the new 4K scan. I had the 4K, and I was like, this is the same scan? I'm like, why would you put it in this theater? So sometimes re-releases actually kind of hurt it, at least where we live. But if you live in L.A. or something like that, getting a nice re-release, I'm sure you get to see it in the best kind of theater. You know, maybe see it at, like, one of those, like, Cinerama Domains, which I heard is going to get reopened in 2025. One day I want to go to L.A. and see all the big theaters, the Chinese theater and stuff like that. And just see all of their systems. Yeah. Because out here, really, the big theater that we get is, uh, if we go to an AMC, they have the Dolby Theater. And mm -hmm. They have the IMAX Theater next star. But not every movie gets re-released in those, especially if it's like a re-release. Usually what AMC will do is because, you know, the big new releases get those theaters, we get, we get stuck with the re-releases in the shitty theaters. So that's just how it works out here. But I would love to see, like, Jurassic Park. Like, they did a re-release of that, too, but they didn't put it in the nice theater. But I would love to see that in the Dolby Theater with the new 4K scan. Because that's another I never understood that. Like, why they do that? Yeah. It's just because we don't live in the city. We live on Long Island, and that's but why. even, like, we went to the movie in the city, and no, that theater wasn't really that great. Either. No, that wasn't. That that was just an Which is weird, because... That's the theater that gets all think, the movies early. Yeah, you would think that you invest into your 
better theaters. Like your your the, flagship, your flag, like the theaters that make the most money. Like I know the one that we go to is a pretty nice big theater, but it, it's better than that. It is better. Well, they just redid it. Before AMC redid the theater we go to, that oh, was it the was same. Horrible. When I saw the Emperor's New Groove there in 1999, it looked exactly the no, same. No, I'm just saying. A few months ago. <laughs> I'm saying, why would they fix like Long Island theater and not their like major theater? That didn't make any I, sense. I to just me. always chalk it up as a business decision. They figure that's in the city; they're gonna sell it out anyway. It doesn't really. It's like it's like how we're Knicks fans, and the Knicks have been terrible for like 30 straight years. Yeah. But the Knicks don't have to really worry because every Knicks game sells out because it's the mecca. It's the center of basketball. Yeah. Now, given you should put out a good team for the fans of that team. I mean, poor fucking Spike Lee goes to every <laughs> Knicks game, and the Knicks fucking suck. Meanwhile, Jack Nicholson gets to go to every Laker game, and the Lakers are was pretty damn good. I just don't understand how the Lakers are. I'm, I'm, this isn't a, a sports show, but the Knicks just piss me off. Just always, <laughs> you know, along with the Jets. It's just it's a nightmare being a New York sports fan at this point. <laughs> I don't understand. We're in New York. How do we have the worst sports teams? Well, if we move, you can become a different fan. I just can't be a Houston Astros fan because they're cheaters. Cammy's uh, an Astros fan. They're cheaters. I would be a Houston. Ooh. I wouldn't mind being a Houston Texans fan because I love Demarco Ryan out there. As oh the head coach. yeah, bandwagon. And I love well. No, the Texans have always been terrible. They're good now. They got CJ Stroud as their quarterback. Well, have you this seen this guy play? He's fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Like, I, I love it. They got Tank Dell. At his, oh, man. that They are doing a good thing. Like, I wouldn't mind being a Houston Texans fan. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, that, I would love to see some movies get re-releases. But sometimes watching a movie at home is still better if you have the right system, especially depending on the theaters that are near you. But that was still a good question. Uh, this is a question from last week that we didn't answer. How would you rank the following franchises? Meet the Parents, Shrek, Child's Play, Born, Hellraiser, Rambo, American Pie, The Hangover, Death Wish, Godzilla, The Codger Universe, and The Dark Knight Trilogy. That's a long one. Well, I think at number one, I probably have to put The Dark Knight Trilogy. Yeah, me too. Right? And this is from Captain Kruger. Just because I think as far as consistency goes, um, and at the bottom, like, you know, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm not a big Godzilla fan. Yeah. Right? That was so that would probably be at the bottom for me just because, like, I like the Godzilla movies, the one, the original Godzilla movies, but here in the United States, until Godzilla Minus One, I haven't checked that out. I heard it's great, but the movies that have coming out, so it's the first Gareth Edwards ones, those have all been terrible. The 98 one, it's okay for nostalgic purposes, but it's not really one of the best. So that's why I have to put that low. Um, number two... <sighs> I guess. I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna put e um the Hangover. The Hangover, you but see the problem with the Hangover is only the first one's good. I like the second one too. Second one and third one are okay, so I get that. But I would probably put the Born movies at number two. They're pretty consistent. That would be like three for me, and okay. then Child's Play. Child's Play is really good, except for I really feel like after Bride of Chucky, they nosedive off a cliff. Meet the Parents. I really like the first one. Meet the Falkers is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, what is? I don't remember what the. What, I don't remember what the it's, third one was. It's the one with the, with the kids. Yeah. But what was it called? Meet the. I don't remember. Whatever it was, I hated it. Uh, the Shrek movies. Was it Little Falkers? Little Falkers. That's it. There you go. Yeah. All right, you got it. Yeah, that movie was bad. I saw it once. Uh, the Shrek movies, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Even the spin-off, Puss in so Boots movies. So that would probably come after that. Yeah. And then I, I Death Wish. I don't really. Death Wish actually are very entertaining movies. The first one's a classic. The second one's really good. I just watched them all this year just because I I only seen the first one before this year. But um, 
they're really good. The remake with Bruce Wilson is bad, though. And then Conjuring. I like the Conjuring. Conjuring. The thing is, the Conjuring universe. You have to include all the bad ones, too. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of bad. It's a very mixed bad. The Conjuring movies themselves, all really they good. They can be scary. Yeah. The first one's a classic. Even the second one, I think, is really, really good. The third one was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the Curse of La Llorona is bad. The first Annabelle movie is bad. But The Nun... Both movies are atrocious. I, I, I do not like the Nun movies at all, which is a shame because in the Nun two, I mean the Nun two, in the Conjuring two, the Nun is really scary. Like I don't know, they ruined that just by being terrible with CGI as always. There's um, a lot of them I didn't see. And like Hellraiser and Rambo, these two franchises, like Hellraiser, I only think that the first two movies I don't are like good. Hellraiser. I know you don't, but the first two movies are classics. The third one's okay, and I like some of the director video ones for like a one-time watch, but. Uh, the rest are pretty damn bad. Rambo, I only like First Blood. Everything after that just becomes like a cheesy 80s franchise. And I love cheesy 80s franchises. But the Rambo franchise for me, uh, it just doesn't really work except for First Blood. First Blood is a stone cold classic. And then the American Pie franchise. I oh, love American Pie. Only the American Pie movies. Not the spin-off movies like Band Camp and all those no, like, Naked yeah. Miles. So I like... American Pie 1, 2, American Wedding. Wedding and American Reunion. Mm -hmm. We saw American Reunion. I love them all. I think... I, I don't know. I, who doesn't like those movies? I don't know. They're hysterical. I mean... I can watch them right now. When was the last time you watched the first American Pie? Like, um, not that long ago, but it is a little awkward, like, watching it and re-watching it, like, uh... Him dancing and being on camera. Like, that would never be allowed now. No, that no. That stuff would not be included would, in the movie. Would not be included. I mean, he literally didn't ask for consent as he showed Elizabeth. What's her name? Is it Elizabeth Hurley? I can't remember what her name did was. She, did he set that up? What, he how? set up the webcam and then remember some Blink 182 was on the side. He was only supposed to show his friends next door, but he ended up broadcasting it to oh, the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. That is horrible. And he blew his load twice. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't even get anywhere near her. No, she touched him and he fucking <laughs> couldn't handle himself. <laughs> like, come on. And then the apple pie seeds, obviously. I mean, Eugene Levy is the funniest. We'll just tell your mom we ate it. Or <laughs> yeah, he says, great. Because I'm sure he's like, yeah, we all have been there. I mean, he brings his son porn the show. He's like, oh, why don't you flip to the middle? Yeah. He's so funny, so Eugene weird. Levy. I so know. awkward. Imagine your father. Uh, my not, father would not never. Not me. <laughs> yeah, my father would never do that. And my father loves porn, but he still wouldn't do that, I don't think. <laughs> he's the only person in 2023 keeping the magazine porn industry alive. Yeah. <laughs> Is he's just so old? Oh my god, leave your dad alone. <laughs> but that was a great question, Kevin. Thank you so much. This is from John Doe Juggalo, and he said, "I know we talk movies here, but what would be your t what would be your five of yours or fate's favorite TV shows? And do you collect TV shows on physical media? Well, I collect some shows on physical media. It's really it's really not much. I actually brought it over here. I have the Viva La Bam movies on DVD, uh, the series on DVD. I have Reno 911 on DVD. This was like." 10 bucks, that's why I bought it. The Watchmen miniseries, you like this. Mm -hmm. That was on HBO, I yeah. love this one. I got the steelbook of that. Same year as that, Chernobyl. I got this on 4K, love this miniseries as well. Um, this was actually for Faith. I bought this as a gift for her. The that's entire nice. Boy Meets World DVD. <laughs> yeah, it is. And when this came off streaming for a while, I got worried and this was 20 bucks, so I got the entire That 70 Show this. And I, because recently, it was the first time I watched the show, and I love it. Well, you're a big sitcom person. Yeah. And then I also have Twin Peaks, the complete collection, because this is one of my favorite shows ever. 
Um, I just do not like these kinds of casings where they put all the... The X-Files is like this too, and I've been waiting for a very nicer collection to get that, but... I mean, I'm just glad to have every single thing, even the, the re-release of this on Showtime. And then I also have Batman the Animated Series DVDs. I don't have them on Blu-ray yet. So I don't really get to collect as much physical media for TV, mainly because I don't get to watch as much TV. Like, Faith watches way more TV than me, and Faith's a big sitcom person. And you just, this week, what was it, Norman Reed died? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's the guy behind so many classic yeah, sitcoms. Yeah, and it was funny because I, I put that in my group chat with my sisters and whatever. And my both of them were like, who's that? They didn't know who that was? Yeah. That's crazy. And I said, my mom's like, you know who that is. Because my mom's in the Yeah, chat. you got that from And mom. my mom's like, you guys grew up on that. I don't think they paid attention to it. But that's something me and my mom have a good connection to. With a lot of those shows from the 70s on The Family. The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. Like, a lot of those shows we have that connection with. Um, because I have the connection with because of her. I think people usually my age haven't really sat down and watched their shows as much as, like, I have. Mm -hmm. You know, and rest in peace, he really made some classic movie, I mean, TV history. He did. He was one you of know? the, obviously, I think he's probably the most the famous one of the behind first, the camera guys. First shows to show an interracial couple. Yes. Um, major. Like, very Oh, yeah, major. he was taking strides and, like, changing the perspective of the world. I mean, All in the Family is a big deal. That, big, that, big deal. And even spinning it off into the Jeffersons. That was, a, like, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, I, he was the king of the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as top five... But he, that's not just Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son's a, a big deal, There's too. a lot of shows that he was involved with that... He's the king of the sitcoms, I really... really. Uh, that he really put put his stamp on, and um, I want to say rest in peace to him, because mm -hmm. um, that went through a little off-topic. But my favorite... Some of my favorite shows... Um, I think we have the same favorite show of all time. What, The Wire? The Wire. Yeah. The right? Wire is my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite drama, I should say. Yeah, because me and Faith really bond over, like, we have, we, we watch comedies together. Like, every once in a while, like, we've watched Breaking Bad, we've watched The Wire numerous times. I think that's why that's our favorite. You know, I watch, I like to keep a running drama going. I was actually talking to you, John Dojuggalo, about possibly restarting Six Feet Under, because that's a great show from the, uh, was it the early 2000s that I really liked, and I uh, haven't watched it in a long time, and he said it holds up, so I want to check that out again. But, like, for the most part, we bond over comedy, and the comedy that we bond over the most, and we saw the podcast taping and everything, is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's obviously my favorite, like, 25-minute run show. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That is all time. Then it's How I Met Your Mother. But if we're talking, it's that's where this is a little tricky, because drama and, and sitcoms are completely different, mm -hmm. but I have love for both of them, so... Like, I would say Sopranos is up there. Sopranos is definitely one of the greatest um, of all time. Breaking Bad is up there. Breaking Bad is number two for me. Snowfall is up there for you me. You do love Snowfall. I like so, Snowfall till the third season, and then it just... it kind of. And you said it ended well, but I was I kind of bowed out. It was out. great. You, you missed such a huge part of that show. It was the meat and the potatoes of how he got to the end. Yeah, it just felt like and they were you great. gave up, and that's the th that's fine, that's fine. But that's the that's the issue with a lot of times with TV is because a lot of people they might have a, like maybe three show episodes where they're they're building up to something, and if you're not interested and you're not really involved in it, then you're like, yeah. Oh, well, I thought the first two seasons were fantastic of that show, and I'm telling you the way it. It, you're missing the meat of potatoes. You're missing the relationships between certain characters because you 
didn't watch it. So that's where, and even the way it ended, it probably ended probably the best that you could probably end the show. Wow. You, you, you end it with some like, like, I wish this person didn't do that. You end, you know that this wasn't going to be a good outcome. It's how you're going to show his downfall. Because as you know, this took place in the 80s slash 90s. You know who was the executive producer on that show, right? Who's really the creator of it? Yeah. John Singleton. John Singleton, yeah. yeah. He knows how to tell those stories and RIP to him because he obviously didn't get to see the conclusion of the show. He passed away before it ended. But yeah. And I think that a lot of it has to do with like what you're saying has to do with that because he maybe he had a different vision for the show. It just felt like in the middle, and I've heard this from other people, too, who had the same view as me, is like, it just felt like they kind of lost their way, but from what you said, because you stayed committed to it, is that it found its way back. you got to admit, like, that middle season, I think it was the third season, it, well, it wasn't as focused. Well, the third and fourth season, the fourth is pretty good, but the third was the meat and potatoes of the whole show. It might have not been great, mm. but that was where you develop the relationships that he had. Um, with all his friends and the people that he some he lost, I re- that's one of my favorite shows. We got off topic with that a little bit, but that's one of my favorite shows. Um, and if we're talking about sitcoms, Parks and Rec, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't said what is the one sitcom I always associate with you that you just love. I love Lucy. Oh well, that's the mecca of all sitcoms ever. <laughs> Everything after I Love Lucy is all because of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Yeah, and so. let's not forget that Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz had a production company called uh, Desilu Desi Lu Productions, and they are the creators behind such great shows as Star Trek and Mission Impossible. So if you like those franchises, you can thank Desilu Productions for that, for being the creators of it, or at least putting their name behind it, you know? Yeah. Which is also pretty damn cool. So yeah, that was a great question, John Del Juggalo. Thank you so much, buddy. And Kevin Kruger asked the next question, and this one is very simple. What is on your 4K wish list for 2024? Well, the first place I like to go is obviously we'll get it off the table right now because it's always going to be at the top of my wish list until it comes to 4K Blu-ray, and that is The Terminator. I want The Terminator on 4K. That'll always be number one, my favorite film ever. Until that comes to 4K, that is always going to be a number one. Number two behind that is Chinatown, another film that's in my top ten all time that hasn't gotten a release on 4K. But after that, I like to look at the year. So it's 2024. That means any year that ended in four, we're getting a big-time anniversary this year. We're also getting 30 years of the big triple feature of Jim Carrey movies from 94, The Mask. Who can? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Dumb and Dumber. All three of those don't have 4K releases, so I'm hoping we get those this year. A Nightmare on Elm Street is another one celebrating 40 years. Hopefully we get that on 4K Blu-ray this year in time for it. It's big anniversary. I just don't know if we're going to get that. Obviously that series has still been caught up in rights issues. And hopefully somebody can bring us those on 4K Blu-ray. Those need an upgrade in the worst possible way. Those are some of the most famous horror movies ever. You know, it goes Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger. Those are the big three. We've gotten all the Halloweens on 4K. We've gotten a really nice collector's edition with some new scans of the Friday the 13th films. We've also gotten some 4K Blu-rays. Well, the first film but we've gotten a 4k blu-ray release from that series as well 
And a Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm not too sure what the year was the last time we got that set. But that set is looking very, very, very dated at this point. It's very old. We absolutely need an upgrade. So whoever the people are pulling the strings behind the scenes, let's get this ball rolling for the Nightmare on Elm Street set. Because those movies really at least need new Blu-ray scans. But a new 4K scan would be absolutely perfect. So let's hope that we get that this year. Because it's absolutely necessary. Just because of the horror fans out there. For a series like that not to come to 4K, it's just very, very upsetting. You know, we've gotten the Evil Dead movies, which are very, very good. Some of my personal favorites. All those have come to 4K, but yet A Nightmare on Elm Street, one of the most popular film series, not even just in the horror genre from the 1980s. So let's just really hope that we get that this year. I also really hope that this year we finally get the Friday movies on 4K. I think Friday After Next never even came to Blu-ray, if I'm correct. But I want the Friday trilogy of movies on 4K. That would be a big deal to me. You know, obviously we've had Blu-ray scans the first two movies. But I want all three of them to come to 4K. Those are some of the most popular movies. I know that Next Friday and Friday After Next are not as popular there is the original Friday. But the original Friday, it's a classic at this, it's a classic at this point. So that one's another one that really needs to come to 4K Blu-ray. La Bamba just came out this past year on Blu-ray. I asked for it for Christmas underneath the Christmas tree. Hopefully I get it. But I really want that movie to come to 4K. I was really even hesitant to get it on Blu-ray. But I'm a big fan of that movie. Lou Diamond Phillips, that's the movie that put him on the map. We just had Young Guns come to 4K this past week. But La Bamba is probably one of the most famous movies that he ever did. If not the most famous movie he ever did. And I'm very surprised that Criterion put that out on Blu-ray. So maybe I'm overhyping that movie. But that's another one I would really love to come to 4K Blu-ray at some point. And we just got Witness on 4K this past month as well. And I would really like them to bring the other Peter Weir movie that Harrison Ford did with him, The Mosquito Coast, on 4K Blu-ray. I rewatched that just after I watched Witness. And that movie could be a fantastic 4K if they bring it to it. Is it better than Witness? I don't know. I think Harrison Ford gives a better performance in The Mosquito Coast. But The Mosquito Coast is a much darker film than Witness. Witness can be dark. But The Mosquito Coast... It does not give you that happy ending, and it's a very, very rough watch. But I do love that movie. I think it's very, very well made, and I think it's one that people should see. It seems to be very forgotten, especially when you talk about Harrison Ford. And I think a new 4K Blu-ray, maybe from Arrow, who did witness, that would be a great thing as well. So hopefully that comes to 4K in 2024. So that's my wish list right now. And then Kevin Kruger's next question is, what are my favorite Scream Factory releases from 2023? So I actually included Scream and Shout Factory because there's one movie in here that I really, there's two movies in here that I really want to talk about. But this is some honorable mentions to other Scream Factory releases that have come out, you know, under the horror genre. I really thought The Blob was a great 4K release this year. Also gave us some great box art, whether it be on that Steelbook or the regular version. But the scan itself was phenomenal. And I really felt great to revisit that classic horror film that I really wasn't appreciating enough. And again, bringing it to the 4K format, maybe introducing it to a new audience. I thought that was a big deal. So that's a really nice honorable mention. But I think that number one for me as far as Scream Factory releases. Now, there are still more coming out before year's end. But for me right now, The Exorcist 3 is probably number one on my list as far as Scream Factory releases, not including Shout Select or Shout Factory, but I really love that this movie came to 4K. Is it the greatest scan ever? No, but it's a huge upgrade over the previous scans of this movie. You get everything you could ever want from The Exorcist 3. If people are a fan of this movie, you are doing yourself a disservice by not getting The Exorcist 3 on 4K Blu-ray because I love this movie. I think it's it's probably the second best Exorcist movie after the original Exorcist. So even this year, we got The Exorcist Believer. We got the original Exorcist on 4K. So The Exorcist was in the news this year, but I think The Exorcist 3 just slipped under the radar as far as 4K Blu-ray releases go, and I really love this one. George C. Scott gives a great performance, and it has one of the best jump scares in film history. 
And now this was a Shout Factory release, but this came out really early in the year, and it was Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. This was an amazing scan. It had great audio, incredible visuals. Flew onto the radar. We didn't even get a slipcover on it. It was just kind of like, hey, let's get this out there. This had previously been released on Blu-ray, which always disappoints me when they bring the 4K out much, much later. But it's the, but I'm really glad that they did because they did such a good job on this scan. And if you kind of blew past this Guy Ritchie movie, I really think you should check this one out. It's definitely one of the better heist movies. And Jason Statham gives a great performance in it. And if you're an action junkie, you're not going to want to miss this one. But number one for me right now, and again, we still got stuff coming out. I, I just got weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story on 4k we still got jfk to come out we still got clue to come out so obviously we're not through all the shout releases it looks like they were saving up the best for last and but this past week we did get point break on 4k blu-ray and for me this is the shining star of Shout and Screen Factory and what they can do in 2023. Not to mention the beautiful artwork on this 4K Steelbook. It is going to be the Steelbook of the year for me. If you haven't been able to grab this Steelbook, I recommend it highly. I mean, they did a fantastic job on it. The artists actually reached out to me on the channel on my review of this. And they were trying to go for something that was really there to please the fans. And they nailed it. I love this 4K Steelbook. And the scan itself, what an upgrade over the Blu-ray. Because that Blu-ray was looking pretty damn rough for us. But we got a big upgrade with this 4K. And I can highly recommend it. If by chance you haven't grabbed this yet and you're a fan of Point Break, you're missing out by not having the 4K. But I can recommend this Steelbook. But if you could just grab it in the slipcover version, that's no big deal at all. Because it's a great film. I just wish we would have got an audio upgrade. But those visuals... That was definitely very important. I'm really glad it looks as good as it does. And the next question is from Darkwing Dave. And he wrote, I'm just starting to build up on my 4K disc collection. I also feel that I have a pretty badass home theater that I am extremely proud of as well. So far, I have 10 4K films and counting. What would you say that what five 4K movies had the most insane base in a film upon viewing? What five movies brutalized your home theater i thrive on bass and film hardcore thank you and i seriously appreciate your work and your channel is majestic in every way thank you so much darkwing dave for that compliment i really really appreciate it buddy that means the world to me anytime i can get a compliment and if i can give you some recommendations stuff that's going to brutalize your system i don't know if you have any of these yet but i went through all the stuff i thought was some of the best audio i have ever reviewed here on the channel and stuff that i didn't get to review but most of the stuff I did review, and the big one, obviously, I think if you don't have this one yet, this is the one that's not only going to test your system visually as far as your TV goes, if you have like an OLED TV, but as far as audio goes, Top Gun Maverick. I saw this in theaters, and I thought the Atmos mix was incredible on it. When I brought it home, it was just incredible. So if by chance you don't have this one, Top Gun Maverick is at the top of the list. It's still probably the greatest 4K to ever come out. Oppenheimer might be competing with it now, but Top Gun Maverick, the best 4K of last year, fantastic. This is one that's going to obviously give your system a nice workout gonna get her all sweaty and messy and i think this is the one you're gonna want to get for sure if you haven't grabbed it yet the original top gun is also a great 4k but it doesn't live up to the quality of top gun maverick and you know we're gonna be talking about top gun everyone always says days of thunder top gun on wheels i've always said this is my favorite tom cruise movie it's my favorite tony scott movie it competes with true romance i know not everybody loves days of thunder I love this movie. It's a special film to me. And this 4K from Paramount, one of the most underrated. I always put it at the top of the most underrated 4Ks of all time. It's just people blew by it. It doesn't even have Adobe Atmos track on it. It has a DTS HD 5.1 on it. But it's going to give your system a workout. If you're looking for bass, get these race cars driving by your system. I mean, you are going to have a great time with it. I was just so blown away by the racing scenes. And the dialogue comes in crisp and clear, too, when they're in the quieter moments. But you get the score kicking in. Hans Zimmer did the score for this movie. This is one I highly recommend as well. 
And if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, these probably are some of the best 4Ks ever released visually and audio. The only issue I have with these is that we get absolutely no extras, but you get the extended editions and the theatrically released editions all on 4K Blu-ray. The audio, these are very, very bass heavy in my opinion as well. So these are definitely something you want to get your hands on if you're an audiophile. Definitely get the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And then last year's Dune on 4K. This is a very bass heavy 4K visually stunning as well but this is one that's going to test your audio take it to the limits and when i saw this in theaters as well i was like very impressed with the audio track but then when you get it home it's still just as impressive so if you haven't gotten that one try and get it before march when dune 2 comes out definitely check that movie out it's great one of denis villeneuve's best films not my favorite of his i still think that's either sicario or Blade Runner 2049, or even a rock. I mean, the guy is great. Just get every Denis Villeneuve film on 4K. They all look good as well. Blade Runner 24, Blade Runner 2049 is another audible mention as far as great audio tracks. And then I think this is going to end up winning best audio track for me in 2023. Evil Dead Rise on 4K. This is a phenomenal audio track. This one was heavy on the bass, but it is mixed phenomenally. You're going to have stuff flying by. You're going to hear things in the background, to the left of you, to the right of you. I was blown away by this. I didn't expect it to sound as good as it did, but it really is phenomenal. Uh, if you're a fan of the Evil Dead series, Evil Dead Rods on 4K is one you must own. I was able to get this for, I think, 10 bucks if I remember correctly, and I absolutely stole it because the audio track on this is alone is at least worth 20 bucks. So Evil Dead Rise is probably number one for right now as far as 2023 goes, but Top Gun Maverick is a must-own for anybody who collects 4K Blu-rays just because that is a showpiece. And as far as visuals go, I mean, this movie wasn't that great. You know, it's just going to blow your mind when you see it. It looks like you're right there. Gemini Man on 4K, I could recommend that. That also has a really good audio track on it as well. But the movie itself is just not that good, so it's really hard to recommend it. But if you're there to show off your system, Gemini Man is also a pretty good one as well. So that was a great question, Darkwing Dave. Thank you so much, buddy. All right, guys. Uh, we'll answer the rest of your questions next week, Kevin. I think we have two more. I think we got to everybody who answered the question. Let me just double check before we go. You guys can send me more mo uh, show questions if you want my opinion on how a show ended or what if a show is currently running and you want me to watch it. I'll watch it. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a try. I'm yeah. always looking for new shows to watch. So if you guys have Yeah, anything, if you guys are TV fans, Faith... I watches TV like a fiend. Like, the way I watch movies, <laughs> Faith will complete series each week. So I, I've always been trying to get her to review more shows because the amount she watches is disgusting. So, like, yeah, if you guys have any TV-related questions they want to have answered on this show, definitely ask Faith because she's the person for yeah, that. Yeah, um, I got to reduce... Uh what is that like? What do I have to like resubscribe to Stars because I thought you the two of my shows, the came Power back. Trilogy, the Power yeah, shows. came back, and the one that I really like is out now, and it has an episode out, so I gotta catch up on that. But I'm not really, no one's really given spoilers. Usually they do, um, but no one has given a spoiler yet, so maybe it wasn't anything like big that happened because it's only the first episode, and usually it ends on a cliff, but it doesn't start back on that cliff again, you know? Yeah. So it takes a while to get back to where they kind of left off, maybe two so or three episodes. They kind of tell it non-linearly, pretty much, is what you're saying? No, not really, but like, you know, sometimes when you get, like, think of Breaking Bad, you watch, it, they left you with the, with him on the toilet. Yeah, finding out. Finding out, and then the next season well that was actually the mid that, like, that was the break oh my god that that was incredible when he found out that he when he yeah. finally put it together and then they meet in the garage and he shuts the oh my god tread what do you, okay uh, before we end i don't know if everyone's seen it so if you have spoiler it, alert spoil, for breaking the bed yeah. spoiler alert do you think that he should have just let him go 
do you, I think that no, that's not what he stands for. This is the guy he's been chasing for years, and you've had, he's been standing in front of you, and he just lied to your face for all of yes, these years. Yes, but it's also your family who is not involved in it anymore. No, yeah, that's the thing. But people did die from his yes, actions. Like yes. that's pretty fucked up. But I don't know if I would do it. I mean, it would be tough. I definitely think he went. I mean, like, the thing it, is, what, what makes it, it tough like, is that his wife is married. Is Kyle. his yeah, like, like that's, it was Kyle, and you're like, I've been chasing you. Yeah, you're the guy that yeah. I've been... But, like, that's the thing. is, It's like, know. his life's... Don't forget, like, his partner. Like, he almost got killed by those other guys. But and he then, what, he's not... My thing was, is, like, I, me personally, probably would have just said, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, not I, helping I you. I'm not, uh, if you I'm get caught by somebody you. else... Yes, I'm not helping you out, but I'm not going to rat you out. Yeah, I guess that's a tough situation. Because you, he didn't know for sure. He just came to that conclusion. From well, everything added up. It added up. It did add up, but he came to that conclusion. Oh, that is one of my favorite TV moments ever. That I love that. I also love their incredible. meeting. Oh, my God. If you, if I'm the person that you think I am, maybe you should tread light. Oh. See, that is That's the thing where I, TV kind of has a little bit of advantage over movies, yeah. but you have to be invested because yeah. your investment pays off where you get you, those big I'm moms. telling you Snowfall has a moment like that mm -hmm. and you would have been like what the like you want to get up and just yes. cheer oh. like no you want to get up and you want to like you either be mad or you're going to be happy but well, the moment you get that feeling yes. in your stomach and you're your like, chest. oh my god, he found out. Yeah. Like, that's how we all felt. Yeah. You get those moments in movies And we TV, watched that you... show live. Yes. We watched that show when it was on, and we got that. We didn't get it after somebody told us about it. No, we, we were there, there for the moment it happened. And we had to watch it when it, that show came out. Right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It wasn't on stream. Like, it wasn't that way. No. Well, we found Breaking Bad in, I think, its second or third season when it first went to Netflix. And mm -hmm. then we watched what it was on Netflix. And then we followed along from that yeah. point on. All right. Well, we got to go shopping. All so. right. Well, that's going to do it here for us on another episode of Let's Talk Physical Media. We will be back next week to answer more of your burning questions, update you on all of the news in the world of physical media. Me and Faith will have just regular old-fashioned conversations. So anything you want to ask for next week's show... Please leave those comments in the comments section below. And if you want to become a channel member, like our two producers, John Del Juggalo and Jason Martin, or our two channel directors, Frank Rodriguez and Kevin Kruger, thank you guys all so much for supporting the channel financially. Or you can become a friend of the channel, support us that way as well. And to everybody else, if you can't throw any money our way, that's no big deal at all. It's no pressure at all. Just make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, then just get out in those streets and tell your friends about us. We will be seeing you around. Thanks for watching.